0: Why did Fauci change his tune so suddenly on the origins of the coronavirus? Is there something fishy going on? We'll ask Dr. Ben Carson about that. And we will show you the latest hero of the left. Ronald Green fled police in a high speed chase, crashed into a tree, died in police custody, but the left says he's a hero for taking on the racist police. And now that Biden has removed sanctions on the Russian natural gas pipeline, Putin has agreed to meet in Switzerland next month. Why is Biden bowing down to Putin? We're gonna ask Morgan Ortegas all about it. All of that and more on tonight's Dr. Gina Primetime. We start tonight with your doctor's orders. The buzz right now across much of the media is, what is the origin of COVID-19? But did the so-called experts in the leftist media think that no one would notice when they changed their mind about the origins of the virus? We have to ask ourselves, why now? Why suddenly is the media on the left floating this idea that maybe COVID-19 came from a Chinese lab after all? For the past year, experts in the media called anyone a conspiracy theorist who said COVID may have come from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And in fact, they would cancel you if you posted articles, even if they were significant sources with data behind them on your social media. Fauci said that it was settled science that the virus came from the animal world and then just jumped into the human population. No big deal. Don't be distracted by their hypocrisy, though. It's okay to laugh and to point it out and remind the world that the left is as hypocritical as the day is long, but something doesn't add up here, and it's up to you and me to find out what it is and make sure they don't get away with it. And that's why we must examine the motivation of the left. They expose themselves every day if you just watch them. It's becoming clear that everything the left does And everything they say is for political gain. Now, initially, when President Trump suggested that COVID may have come from a Chinese lab, that it was plausible, the left lost their minds. Their little heads exploded. They went bonkers. The UK Daily Mail has a really great story on this today. The headline reads this. The U.S. liberal media's COVID U-turn a year after trashing theory that COVID originated from a wuhan lab because trump supported the suggestion america's woke mainstream news outlets suddenly start asking if it's true they go through several instances of the 180 degree shift in reporting from the leftist media president trump always said that he has been against building the wall or if he had been against building the wall then the left would have been for building the wall and it's clear He's absolutely right. And he may have been right all along about this virus being a weapon unleashed intentionally or unintentionally by the CCP. Even the smartest man in the world, smartest man in the world, Anthony Fauci, he's changing his tune, too. He says he's no longer convinced that COVID developed naturally, even though he said the exact opposite when Donald Trump said it. They did not suddenly change their tune because of this lab leak theory because they are open to science or because they got any new information, right? It's clear they aren't. That's not how the politically elite make decisions. Remember the left did not change their minds on this because of the science or because they are doing what's best for the American people. Their original stance on this was to further their political power and this is no different. So keep your eyes on this watch that media, watch the Biden administration, watch Anthony Fauci. Nobody's been wrong more than him. And yet they keep propping him up on this pedestal. Remember hydroxychloroquine, how they acted like Donald Trump was crazy because he mentioned that. And now it's known as a therapeutic that a lot of doctors use. They will, the left will every time reveal their true motivations and they will soon reveal that this new shift is all about their power and money. Don't forget, there are a few investments mixed up in all of this, too. So don't forget it. That's your doctor's orders for tonight. Coming up, I'm going to ask Dr. Ben Carson about all of this and get his take about whether we need to tell the government to keep their vaccines away from our children. And that's next, right here on Dr. Gina Primetime. Stay with us.
1: Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.
0: Welcome back to Dr. Chena Prime Time. Now, the media and the so-called experts are suddenly wondering if covid came from a Chinese lab instead of a Chinese bat. Remember when President Trump said that COVID may have come from a Chinese lab? The left called him crazy. Fauci said it must have come from nature. But now Fauci is changing his tune. He says he's no longer convinced that COVID developed naturally, even though he said the opposite, of course, when Trump said it, as did all of media. So what's going on? Why the sudden change of heart? Well, maybe my next guest can help us out. Joining us now, the chairman and founder of the American Cornerstone Institute, the one and only Dr. Ben Carson. Dr. Carson, thank God for level-headed doctors still existing out there because sometimes it just feels like the world's gone mad. I'm glad you're here.
2: (laughs) Well, you know, the problem, of course, is uh, when you try to mix politics with medicine, it's like mixing oil and water and things start getting very confusing very quickly, and, and unfortunately that's what we're seeing. Hopefully people are learning from this and maybe we can get beyond the politics and just deal with the science. You know, COVID is largely under control, but it's just as much from natural immunity as it is from the immunizations. And uh, there's still a failure on the part of the, uh, the government position to acknowledge the existence of natural immunity, which is very substantial and maybe even better than the immunization. They don't know. Uh, Everybody's sort of shooting in the dark and saying what they think they're supposed to say.
0: Yeah, you know, COVID has become completely political, as you say it masks are political vaccines are political Um, even once the cdc changes the rules we find that many of the larger more politically correct businesses and companies won't change their practices it's as if they just want to adhere to them and force their customer base to adhere to them um based on i don't know what i don't control i don't i don't know but why should we trust
2: go ahead No, it's antithetical to the whole concept of America, not America as a place, but America as a concept of freedom and justice and the ability to lead a life that you want to lead as long as you're not infringing upon others. Nobody really signed up for this government telling me everything that I'm supposed to do, telling me what I'm supposed to do against my better judgment. Uh, You know, this this whole concept of immunizing children children who, who show almost no proclivity for passing this on to others or for getting ser- seriously ill themselves. Why would you then subject them to a risk of a new technology, the long-term effects of which we don't even know?
0: It really does seem so. It it really seems like, uh, you know, if I think scripturally about where it starts to talk about how what's right will be, what's wrong will be called right, what's right will be called wrong, and the rest of it. Because here we had this doctor, Dr. Fauci, Um, who was supposed to be an expert, who isn't an expert at all. Of course, that shouldn't really surprise us because we have a president who's supposed to be competent, who isn't competent at all. Um, And the list goes on and on of the things we've been told that we're supposed to believe, but that we can see with our own eyes and think with our own minds and see that we've been lied to. But Dr. Carson, I think most of us would like to be able to trust our government for health advice and for science and to conduct business fairly and honestly. How can we trust anything politicians and government agencies tell us about COVID or masks or science in general when those same politicians are caught really more often than not, almost virtually, most of the time, um, breaking their
2: own rules? Well, you know, I think there would be a lot more trust if people would just come out and be honest and say, yeah, we blew it. Uh, We really didn't know what we were talking about. We were guessing based on other things. We were wrong. Uh, And here's what we think. And these are our recommendations, but in no way do we suggest that uh, anybody try to make these things mandatory. Isn't that the way it's supposed to work? That's the way uh, this government was framed and it's becoming something else and this this is almost like a test case just how far can we push people how far can we control people and uh, that is not america that's not what we bargained for in this country that's not what made us great
0: but even politics you know we're, we're blaming politics a lot here but even politics I mean, you've had a political appointment, but you're an honest man, and if you were put on television and you were told, say this, I just know that you wouldn't say it. And it isn't because of politics, it's because of your faith in God. Are we at a point where what we need is, is, is not even less partisanship and not even um, less politicization of things, but maybe it's just more God?
2: Well, I think that's a very good point. Uh, As you know, with the American Cornerstone Institute, we have four basic cornerstones, the first of which is faith. And that is so vitally important to who we are as a nation. Our founding document states very clearly, in contradistinction to other nations, that our rights come to us from God, not from the government. And if we were to once again orient ourselves toward being good people, toward treating others the right way, our Judeo-Christian faith says, love your neighbor. It doesn't say cancel your neighbor. We're going exactly the wrong way as we throw God out.
0: It's so true. The CDC and the media now are pushing for children to receive the COVID vaccine. Um When you look at the COVID rates, I certainly don't have to tell you, the survival rate for children is about as close to 100% as you can possibly get. Um, A vaccine seems like a really scary proposition to a lot of moms and dads that watch this show and come to me with their concerns. How can we communicate to government that this might be where we need to draw the line when so often when we try to communicate anything, we're ridiculed, called conspiracy theorists and canceled?
2: Well, you know, we just need to continue to be forceful to stand up for what we believe in, not to kowtow and uh, submit, because let's just talk facts you know, the transmission rates amongst children are very close to zero. And the mortality rate, even if they get it uh, from age zero to 19, is 0.0097. I mean, that's getting pretty close to nothing. And uh, yeah. what the, the mortality rate and the morbidity rate for uh, vaccinations may be higher than that. There's been new information that come out just this week about endocarditis, uh, possibly being a result of this in teenagers. So, you know, we really need to do a better benefit-to-risk analysis. What are the real benefits here, and what are the real risks here, before we begin subjecting children to this? We don't have any evidence anywhere in the world that it's a problem of children.
0: Seems so, and it sounds so logical when you say it, and yet, Getting that message to sync with people who seem to have an agenda for whatever reason, even if it means using our children, um, it just seems like such an uphill battle. But Dr. Ben Carson, we're thankful for you chairing and founding the American Cornerstone Institute, so critical to all of these battles that we're engaged in at this moment. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Come back soon.
2: Always a pleasure. Thank you so much.
0: All right, Joe Biden and Vladimir Putin working out a deal to meet in Switzerland next month. I'm sure the entire world is eagerly waiting to see Joe Biden let Putin know who's boss. I'm sure that Putin is excited about meeting with Biden, considering that Biden just made Putin and all of his oligarch buddies a bunch of money. And gave Putin huge leverage over Europe. Just the News reports that Biden administration has now lifted the sanctions, as we reported last night, on the constructions of Russia's Nord Stream 2 pipeline that will enable Putin and his friends to make billions, sending natural gas over to Germany. So I'm sure that Putin will very much enjoy seeing Biden so that he can thank him for that gesture. But no media, no media anywhere. Calling this Russia collusion. Funny thing. Here with me now, former State Department spokesperson, Morgan Ortegas. Morgan, wonderful to have you with us. Thank you so much for
3: being here tonight. Thanks. It's great to be with you again.
0: So, Morgan, how will this meeting go between Biden and Putin? You've been there in these sorts of meetings. It sure was nice uh, to open that pipeline back up for Russia while shutting down pipelines that cost thousands of jobs in the United States. Um, You know, Vladimir Putin must be a very happy man, and he must like Joe Biden a lot. How will this meeting go? Will there be any surprises?
3: Well, if we look at the meeting that took place between uh, President uh, Moon of South Korea and Biden, I expected a lot to happen on China, and it didn't, so he seems to be, his style is that he wants to be the opposite of President Trump, so he tends to keep things more measured, uh, more dialed down, and the administration, including Secretary Blinken, keeps using lines like, uh, saying that if Russia wants to have a more stable relationship with us, it's up to them, and so they, they, they use words that they want a predictable relationship with Russia, they want a stable relationship with Russia, From a foreign policy perspective, Gina, I don't exactly know what that means. So I would not expect the same sort of fireworks that we often saw out of President Trump's press conferences. Um, So I think what you will get, though, is is a very slow, sleepy four years of predictable statements condemning certain actions coming out of Russia and their government, but no real action to back it up similar to what you just referenced uh, in terms of letting all the sanctions go on Nord Stream 2 pipeline on on the main uh, uh, entity building it? Legitimately, though, Morgan, I think it's a fair question,
0: because if 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 I were interviewing uh, someone on his cabinet right now on Joe Biden's cabinet, they would say this is his strategy to be steady, to be even keeled, to not make waves. This, You know, he's a statesman, he's experienced. We're just trying to calm everyone down because Trump upset everybody. Is it that, Morgan, or is it just that he's not really up to, to heavy, intense negotiations that maybe America needs right now?
3: Yeah, I, I'm not in the room with him, so I'll tell you it's hard to answer that not being in the room, but I'll tell you what is challenging is, the, is when you look at the publicly available information that all of us have, you see the White House during the campaign often called what we call a lid very early. Uh, lots of times in the morning, uh, the president often doesn't have a full schedule or the lid is called quite early. It's quite the opposite of the uh, intense schedule that um, uh, President Trump and other presidents before him uh, kept. So. So he definitely has a has an easier schedule, and I'll tell you, there's there's some interesting things, Gina, that I would look for. Um, one of the things that Putin often does to try and uh, sort of, you know, set uh, who is who's the bigger guy is he likes to do things like make uh, the president or make a foreign minister or a secretary of state wait for a long time for the meeting. So John Kerry, I think it was reported once that he almost had to wait like four or five hours over the scheduled meeting time with Putin. And that is a uh, that's a particular tactic that that he does a lot uh, to, to try and sort of say, see, I'm such a big, important guy. I can make you wait for hours. So there's little things like that in foreign policy that, that I will uh, look for. But I don't think that, you know, often what happened is President Trump would get in the room and, and do the high-level negotiations with himself. And sure, you would have diplomats that would do many things ahead of time, um, but he liked to be very hands-on involved in the process. I don't see that being Joe Biden's style. I think he likes to to leave the heavy lifting to aides um, and then sort of come in uh, at the last minute. So. I don't know what he wants to accomplish out of the summit. They say that they want a predictable and stable relationship. It's hard to have that uh, with Russia, especially considering Vladimir Putin's actions around the world.
0: And knowing his personality as you do, and I'm sure even looking into a little bit of the psychology as you're talking about right now, which for me is the most fascinating place to start with any level of yeah. predictability, uh, certainly about uh, politics, which isn't all that predictable sometimes. Um, Biden and the entire Democrat Party have been trashing Putin and Russia for years now. Is Putin mm-hmm. the type of leader that's going to call them out on that in such a
3: meeting? Well, that's a really great point. I mean, we'll have to see if something happens similar to what happened when Secretary Blinken, the secretary of state, met his Chinese counterpart for the first time with the national security Advisor Jake Sullivan. And you'll remember that that was a very contentious meeting in front of the press. I'm sure that the Biden team is going to try to pull all the stops to make sure that that sort of outburst doesn't happen from Putin or the Russians in front of the press, because it was a pretty embarrassing moment for for the Biden team for the Chinese to call them out in front of everyone on the world stage. So does, does, you know, Putin try to do something like that or does he, I I mean, my guess would be more that he looks at the next four years and says, listen, they're letting me build Nord Stream 2. They're, they went back into like the INF treaty. Do they just automatically are are renewing uh, um, other nuclear related treaties without even negotiating. So for him, Does he really need to make waves if he's getting everything that he wants? He gets tough rhetoric from the United States, but not necessarily any policy action. So if he's getting the energy uh, that he wants, uh, you know, through the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, if he's getting uh, all of the uh, nuclear deals without any sort of negotiation, just a blanket renewal. I mean, that's what the Biden administration did when they came back in. They just renewed it. Right. No negotiation. Right. So if you're getting everything that you would want, why would you rock the boat?
0: Yeah, I guess you make a great point. Over to the situation in Israel. Today, Secretary of State Blinken met with Prime Minister Netanyahu. He put his support behind Israel, at least in words. Um, But how is the Biden State Department handling the situation there in in your estimation?
3: So they have embarked on what they like to call quiet uh, diplomacy, that they're working behind the scenes. It took them a long time, for example, to engage with CC uh, from Egypt. Um, and once they did, they were able to broker the ceasefire. Uh, I actually think at the United Nations, for, for the longest time, uh, most of the Security Council wanted to issue a resolution sort of denouncing Israel, uh, and the Biden team, I'll give them credit, did stand up there and, and did and to keep that. The the bigger problem uh, that I see is is number one, they're talking about resuming aid to the Palestinian Authority. Uh, the State Department official who talked about this, who briefed before Blinken went to the meeting, could not guarantee. Uh, that that aid would not go to Hamas. Um, so, so there's you know some troubling aspects there. There's also the Taylor Force Act and other bills in Congress. Um, so there's going to be a question of whether uh, the Biden administration is actually following the law by resuming aid to the Palestinian Authority. And I think the biggest challenge is is obviously with the extremists and the Democrat and the Democratic Party, uh, who are really have extreme views on Israel. And and how much is this administration being led by it? I will say that I was encouraged by Biden's uh, uh, press conference uh, with uh, President Moon whenever he was asked about Israel, he did have a strong and resounding answer, but I'll tell you some of the actions and and words that we hear from the rest of the party leave me very, very concerned about the future relationship with the state of Israel uh, under the Democratic Party.
0: We've seen unrest there, though, before, Morgan. And I know that there has been anti-Semitic activity. I don't want to pretend like there's not. Many of us, like you and I both, have been screaming about this really for years, and the media just hasn't been reporting it. Now, finally, thank God uh, they're reporting it uh, more anyway. But it does seem to be definitely still very much on the uptick, and it's being so incited on social media, um, and actually in some media, frankly. Um, What is the difference between the times in the past where there's been some unrest
3: in the same areas um, and this time? That's a really great question. I think it's very concerning, uh, Gina, for a lot of not only Jewish Americans, but if you look at Jews around the world, especially those in Europe, I mean, many in France and in Germany are scared uh, to wear like the kippah or any sort of religious symbols. Uh, When I went to Germany, in fact, with Secretary Pompeo, probably a few months into uh, into me taking the job as State Department spokesperson the German government had issued a, a, a sort of a warning to uh, their Jewish citizens saying, you know, don't wear Star of David symbols, don't wear religious symbols if you're Jewish because you want to avoid any sort of anti-Semitic attacks. I was just so disgusted by Goodness. that that I made sure to wear the biggest Star of David uh, ever at my, <laughs> at my press conference with the Germans because I wanted them to know that I just wasn't good at, we should not be able to stand for that in Western democracies uh, where we have people of, of the Jewish faith uh, attacked, anti-Semitic attacks, and, and then they're told not to wear religious symbols. I mean, that's crazy. Like, Gina, what if, What if you were told not to wear a cross because you were afraid that you were going to get attacked in in Florida for wearing a cross? Can you imagine that that's the America that many of our uh, Jewish citizens live in in New York City, uh, attacked in Times Square simply for wearing a yarmulke? Um, That is that is the reality. And and what was really missing was all the major corporations, uh, all the major politicians, you know, that came out during other movements for other ethnic minorities in the United States did not come out in the same force to stand in solidarity with Jewish Americans. And and I can tell you as a Jewish American myself, it's very resounding, It's very the silence is very loud. It is very loud. That's why I'll continue to wear my Jewish tar right next to my cross
0: every single night on this show. And that's why uh, you, you and I are such good friends standing on these issues together. I want to especially thank you and wish you a very happy 8th anniversary, which I wouldn't mention it, but you already posted thank about you. it publicly. And, of yeah. course, um, most, most heartfelt congratulations on that beautiful baby. What an amazing marriage. What an amazing couple. And uh, what a ride it's going to be going forward. Thank you so much, Morgan Ortegas.
3: Thank you, Gina.
0: All right. God bless you guys. Coming up, the leftist media has a new hero. A black man ran from police, crashed his car into a tree, and died in police custody. And now the leftist media says this is another example of systemic racism in our police system. We'll talk to Congressman Byron Donald and Kim Klasick about that up next right here on Dr. Gina Primetime. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Now, the leftist media has a lot to report on these days, but they just can't find the courage to report anything that makes Joe Biden or any of the Democrats look bad. They have to spin the situation in the Middle East into Israel being the aggressors. They gloss over the poor economic numbers that reveal the threat of inflation and Biden's total incompetence in getting Americans back to work. So the leftist media keeps going back to the same old page in that playbook. They're stuck on race. Now, I made the mistake of flipping over to the fake news networks today. Here's the story at CNN.com that they are totally obsessing over right now. It says, Body camera shows black man being tased, kicked and dragged by Louisiana troopers before his death. Now, reading that headline, you would think that there was a lynching of some sort. What the headline doesn't reveal is that the man who was killed during his arrest had just led police on a high-speed car chase that ended when the suspect's car ran off the road and hit a tree. Ronald Green lost his life as he resisted arrest and put countless lives in danger during that high-speed chase. Could have killed others, right? That loss of life was indeed tragic, we don't ever want to hear about anyone dying, but luckily he didn't kill anyone else while he was selfishly fleeing the police. Three officers were disciplined for their conduct during that arrest, and an internal investigation found that they conducted themselves in a way that deserved punishment. One of those officers was fired, although that man died in a car accident that is unrelated to this incident, just in total irony. But the story here is not over. The leftist media and the angry mob, they want blood. And they are holding up ronald green as an innocent hero who lost his life in a struggle against systematic racism what else but nothing could be further from the truth here with me now to discuss congressman byron donald and the founder of red renaissance kim klasik thanks to you both for being with me today thanks for having
5: me i'm going to be with you
0: congressman to you first um The left and their allies in the media seem to be, if I'm honest, they're winning the narrative here. By and large, I think the world is convinced that black men are assassinated daily by the police in the United States. Um, Young people tend to believe that more and more, so much so that they want radical change in our society all the time. They think most police should be eliminated, and we see violence increasing on police while simultaneously we see violence increasing in our cities and more black people dying as a result of it in our city. Both of you have been absolute fighters on this issue. What can we do?
5: I think the thing you do is you're just consistent, and you you keep preaching the truth. The truth of the matter is is that black people are not killed proportionally out of balance with their percent of the population, uh, or their percent of interactions with police officers. Um, which is, like, frankly, the better way to say it. Uh, if you look at FBI crime statistics, there are the two to one: uh, unarmed white men are killed at the hands of police, and unarmed black men. Those are the facts. I think the bigger thing that we have to be concerned about is that you have big media, which pushes through all the broadcast channels and through most of the media. This is the narrative they want. This is the narrative they seek. And they have to continuously push this narrative because they want clickbait. They want people to keep their eyes on their TVs or on their phones, as opposed to understanding the truth that our police serve with honor and distinction in the super vast majority of all cases, especially those in the inner city.
0: Kim, Ronald Green is the latest person being called a hero and opposing the police, and even rioting is now becoming a heroic act. How do we change that narrative?
1: Yeah, so this is, to me, the bigotry of low expectations, right? You see someone like Congressman Byron Donalds on the other side of the screen. He's a black man that we should be talking about and applauding, yet we're talking about criminals all the time. You know, if he was fleeing from police, unfortunately he lost his life. I don't think that that was right. But at the same time why are we allotting them as heroes george floyd was not a hero dr martin Luther king jr that was a hero and so unfortunately we are allowing the media we're allowing some of these groups like black lives matter to continue to pander and basically use the black population for their benefits this has nothing to do with racism and everything to do with classism you have a, a group of black people that have their inner circles and they're using black people that are below the poverty line to manipulate them, get them fired up and going. Meanwhile, they come into their communities, riot, loot, destroy them, and then walk away with their millions of dollars because donors feel that they have to give it to them. Right? It's the same old cycle that we see all of the time, and it's sad, but this is where we are right now.
0: You know, but over at MSNBC, this is what one host said when talking about the death of Ronald Green. Listen.
4: And I just wonder, um, this is clearly not a system that can be reformed, and I just, what can we do to stop this? Because it feels like uh, it's just time to to, to burn it down,
0: you know? Burn it down. Congressman, those are dangerous words. Um, Certainly, if they were said by someone on the other side of politics, like you, um, you know, there would probably be an investigation and you would probably be indicted for inciting violence. What do we do with this double standard of justice for one thing and a media who is never held to a standard? She wasn't even in any way corrected on that.
5: Well, I got to tell you, um, I'm glad that the leftist media is being so outspoken on this because now uh, they're not sugarcoating it. They're telling us exactly who they are. I will tell you, you have a lot of people in the black community in the inner cities who are on the lower end of the socioeconomic spectrum that actually do believe that what she said was ridiculous. We need police in our communities. The system does not need to be burned down, quote unquote. And it's high time that the leftists and the Democrats begin to understand something. If they have a problem with the institutions that frankly they set up, that frankly they run when it comes to the inner cities in America, maybe it's time we get rid of the Democrat party in the inner cities of America, because they've proven they don't know what they're doing because these tragedies continue to occur. So maybe it's time for people in these communities to, to start voting. Voting Republican and give Republicans the opportunity to run the police departments, to actually run the education systems, and to help people get access to affordable health care to address their needs in their communities. Let's try that.
0: Which, Kim, was exactly your battle cry in your race. Um, it, but it takes a lot of a lot of bravery. It takes a lot of money. It takes a lot of resources, a lot of know-how to say that we are going to take this message to the inner cities of what the Democrats have done for you for all these decades is not working. And Breitbart actually tallied up all the deaths in the city of Chicago over the weekend. 48 were shot, 10 died. We have to go to Breitbart to get this information, Kim, because the leftist media continues to cover up for failed mayors like Lori Lightfoot in Chicago and others. And, and I think that's the problem. They cover up these deaths that continue to happen every single weekend while they talk about doing two things that exacerbate the problem, Kim, and you know it. Um, well, I guess we'd say three. Um, you know, One is taking away our guns, certainly. Another is electing Democrats. And another, third, and perhaps the most important, I'm not sure, is getting rid of the police that are the only people that these people are going to call when something goes wrong.
1: No, you're absolutely right. You know, when I did my campaign ad, we had in there that Gallup poll that came out last year citing 81 percent of black Americans did not want to defund the police. They want more of a police presence in their neighborhoods uh, because some of these neighborhoods, like West Baltimore, are dangerous. And so these are the lies, that like you said, that the media is always pushing. Um, the problem is, is trying to get that message out. As you saw, I ran a D-plus-30 district. Uh, it's going to take time, you know. you got to chip away at it. you got to reach every single voter, explain to them what's going on. Uh, the guy that beat me, Kwaesi Fume, he actually co-sponsored the 1994 crime bill that devastated Baltimore City. But he still was re-elected, so it was very interesting to see. But I think when we talk about the fact that these communities are constantly underserved, We have to remind people they're underserved by the very people they continue to elect. And they've been in office in Baltimore for over 50 years. So we live in an area where there are food deserts, where, like you said, the education is poor. uh, There are no career opportunities. And it is because of leadership, unfortunately. But you know what? We're going to keep getting that message out as best we can. Like I said, I'm so happy to see Congressman Byron Donalds on Capitol Hill doing all of his work and doing the best that he can to do that as well. So I think nothing but uh, good things to come, honestly. Well, we'll leave it right there on that positive note. Congressman Byron Donalds
0: and Kim Clasic. thanks to both of you for being here tonight.
5: Thank, Thank you. you.
0: Coming up, a lawmaker from Nevada has been stripped of her ability to vote on the assembly floor and from even speaking to the assembly. And it was all because she refused to wear a mask. Assemblywoman Annie Black is up next. You're going to love this right here. Dr. Gina Primetime back in a moment. You know what that means. Every night on this show, we like to bring you news we think you probably won't hear anyplace else. Here as always from our RAV World Headquarters in Denver, Colorado, Jessica
4: Rivera. Jessica, great to see you. Great to see you too, Dr. Gina. And since the Colonial Pipeline cyber attack just a couple weeks ago, an attack that actually crippled almost half of the East Coast gas supply, President Joe Biden and the Department of Homeland Security has moved to try and regulate cybersecurity in the pipeline industry for obvious reasons. On May 12th, President Biden signed an executive order titled improving the nation's cybersecurity in the order. uh, The ways to do it are for systems that process data and systems that run the vital machinery to ensure our nation's technology safety. The order also states that all federal information systems must meet or exceed the following cybersecurity requirements. That is removing barriers to sharing threat information, modernizing federal government cybersecurity, enhance software supply chain security, establish a cybersecurity review board, standardize the federal government's playbook for responding to cybersecurity vulnerabilities and incidents, um, also improve detection of cybersecurity vulnerabilities and incidents on federal government networks, Um, also to improve the federal government's investigative and remediation capabilities and a national security systems setup. So Dr. Gina, I think we can all agree this sounds great and something necessary for America's safety, but you know what's missing in the executive order? There is actually no method of funding for the executive order. So President Biden and the Homeland Security has acted as though they address the problem in a timely manner and that it's being dealt with, but it's not so as they say in texas and sometimes here in colorado it's all hat and no cattle meaning it's all just words with no backing and there's really not a plan for any of the funding at this point
0: wow that is phenomenal who knew and i've never heard that
4: term before all hat and no cattle meaning like a cowboy hat but he doesn't actually have any cows absolutely it means he's just all work are all words or kind of like uh, talking as if he's a big, you know, cattleman and he really has no experience.
0: Oh my gosh, I am going to use that again. I know some <laughs> people that are all hat and no cattle, Jessica, aside from Joe Biden, who's definitely all, all hat, no nothing underneath the hat, no cattle at all. But anyway, <laughs> Jessica, thank you so much for being with us. Appreciate that, that, that is fascinating and, and terrifying all at the same time, but I'd leave it to you to track that down, thanks.
4: You're welcome, Dr. Gina.
0: All right. Now, another Hollywood star is bowing down to the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party. Fast and Furious 9 actor John Cena was interviewed on Taiwanese TV to promote the movie. And he spoke in Mandarin, and he said some words that are very offensive to the CCP. He said, Taiwan is the first country that can watch f 9 And the CCP unleashed a fury of Chinese fans online to berate John Cena for referring to Taiwan as a country instead of a territory of China. Because China says that they will soon reclaim Taiwan and that territory will rightfully be placed under the control of the CCP like they belong because the CCP gets to make all the rules. Our West Coast correspondent, Amanda Head, joins us now to discuss. Amanda, great to see you. Hollywood, pretty scared of China
6: these days, aren't they? Oh, this is absolutely disgusting. Um You know, in his time off from the WWE, it seems that John Cena has learned a new wrestling move. It's called the Prostrate to China. Um, It's unfortunate because he issued this apology. And I have to read to you the English translation of what he said. Hi, China. I'm John Cena. In the middle of Fast and Furious 9 promotions, I'm doing a lot of interviews. I made a mistake in one of my interviews. I made one mistake. I have to say something very, very, very important now. I love and respect China and Chinese people. I'm very, very sorry about my mistake. I apologize. I apologize. I'm very sorry. You must understand that I really love, really respect China and the Chinese people. My apologies. See you. Um, First of all, this is an apology to the CCP. This is not an apology to the Chinese people because the Chinese people are a victim of their own murderous, tyrannical uh, government. So this has nothing to do with the Chinese people. But, you know, yesterday was National Siblings Day. So in the interest of, no, National Brothers Day. So in the interest of a sibling analogy, this is like um, when... You have an older brother who says something mean, but also kind of true to the little sister and your parent universal makes you apologize to your little sister, except the brother in this case is a spineless, cow-towing, capitulating celebrity. And the little sister in this case is a corrupt, murderous, dictatorial regime. So there's a little analogy for people who, who don't, you know. Totally grasp the whole story, but I will say his Mandarin is quite good. He should probably just go ahead and move to China because I'm sure that they would appreciate the muscle and the devotion to uh, the PLA, and no doubt his social credit score is skyrocketing through the roof. But I have a message for John Cena that I just wanted to play. So, as you know, translations are nuanced. You can rarely find another language that is compatible such that you have an exact translation. But for the English speakers in our audience, uh, that is in English. John Cena is a cat. But you can figure out what it actually said. (laughs) Oh, gosh. I never know what Amanda's going to come up with on this show. I swear I don't.
0: Um, This has to do with, you know, Chinese... I mean, this, this all comes down to money. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. This is not just, I mean, yes, it's politically correct because, yes, Joe Biden is practically married to the CCP because his son took all of the money that he's taken, and uh, the Biden family has done very well thanks to the CCP. Um, right. but, um, but this has also to do with Hollywood's direct financial ties to the CCP. Absolutely. And I don't want to let that slip without covering it in this segment because I right. know you know this living right there, yeah.
6: Yeah, in fact, a lot of the Hollywood, the big Hollywood talent agencies, um, are partly owned by Chinese business investors. Also, the big movie houses here, in this case, Universal, but also Disney, they they make a lot of money from their relationship with the CCP. And the reason for it, in instances like this, is that a franchise like Fast and Furious, which most americans don't really care about fast and furious 970 or whatever number they're up to at this point so that movie gets exported overseas to countries like china so that they can make up the cost of of production
0: all right Amanda. i want to stick with some other california stories while i have you um your state that i moved from not that long ago so it's not like a, like i'm any better than here but uh the state now says that uber and lyft drivers must be using electric cars by 2030. Electric cars are pretty expensive for Uber drivers and most of the Uber, Uber drivers I know, not all of them, but they really don't have that extra cash sitting around it, especially now as gas prices and pipelines are, gas prices are going up, pipelines are shutting down, et cetera, et cetera. We know that obviously the cost of living is getting higher and higher in California and taxes and so on and so forth. I wanted to give you a chance to comment quickly
6: yeah so i'm sure people have seen the videos and pictures that have gone viral of our gas prices here upwards of almost six dollars so a lot of these uber and lyft drivers might already be considering electric vehicles I will continue to make the point that I don't know why they think this is cleaner because where do you think the electricity comes from to power these vehicles? At any rate, yes. Um, by 2030, 90% of the miles traveled by Uber and Lyft drivers have to be from electric cars. But here's the interesting thing. In 2018, the latest year for which we have the data, less than 1% of miles traveled by Uber and Lyft drivers were actually in electric cars. And, of course, this, this is a driver-owned Uh, business model. These folks own their own vehicle and they are basically private contractors for companies like Lyft and Uber. So it's not like Uber and Lyft are going to be able to foot the bill for them to have electric cars. This is an investment that these folks are going to have to make. And electric cars are not cheap. You you can buy a cheap gasoline run car for $12,000 right off the lot. You're not going to find that for an electric vehicle. And a lot of folks who have been driving for Uber and Lyft especially in the wake of this pandemic, that's that's their primary means of income. So so right. the idea that they have enough expendable income to buy an electric car is, is utterly ridiculous. But here in California, that's the mentality that reigns supreme. We're almost
0: out of time, but I do not want to let this show happen without mentioning. I am so upset about this little six year old who was shot in L.A. in his car seat. The family's offering a $50,000 reward for information on the shooter. Amanda, I really have no time, but uh, such a tragic
6: story. Yeah, took place down in Orange County. The six-year-old was in his car seat heading to kindergarten and was shot Mm -hmm. in the head, rushed to a medical facility in O.C. and died there. Awful, awful.
0: I just can't believe it. And I can't believe all the children dying these days. It's just it's crazy. the violence that's taking place in our country right now as we take away people's ability to defend themselves and the police's ability to defend them as well. All right, it is now time for our meme of the day. Amanda, we have three glasses of water here, and all are half full. The optimist sees the glass of water as half full. The pessimist sees the glass of water as half empty, and the leftist sees it as racist
6: mean, I thought this just sums up the left absolutely perfectly. How about you? Absolutely, because everything is some kind of ist. It's sexist, it's racist, or it's some kind of ick. It's homophobic, it's transphobic. But let's face it, racist is their favorite identifier to go to. And of course, water's is racist. Yeah, and it seems like now they've turned basically
0: all of their favorite words. They just encapsulate it with racist. Let's just call everything racist, and then that just uh, you know encapsulates everything else. And uh, boy, I think they're overusing it, and I think the American public's getting sick of it. At least I hope so. But anyway, Amanda, thank you so much. I'm still sorry that you have to be so intelligent and live in a state that is so so subhuman in
6: some ways. But I always appreciate you joining us and catching us up. Thank you. With my moderate IQ, I stand out, so that's good. That's probably why I stay here subconsciously. <laughs> all right. And of course, thanks to all of you for joining me tonight.
0: Thanks to everyone here, your new home for Real News, RAV TV, Real America's Voice. Make sure you tune in the rest of this week. We've got major stuff coming up. We've got the biggest boat parade in history I hear. We're gonna have Hogan Gidley on about that. We've got all kinds of fun stuff coming up and We'll always do the science and the math for you. Nobody else is going to do. Hug your children. Love your God. You go boldly now and live the truth.